Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday, and it's a king theme. Thanks to the ideal, you know, my man Patrick Davis. He's a lot more creative than we are, but he put it all together. Uh, yesterday, Original Kings of Comedy was the feature for midweek movie music. We did celebrate the uh, birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King earlier. And then you got another king. Didn't you throw some other king out there? No, I think I was just those. No, 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 no. the two kings. You know what, so I said I'll keep the king roll. Yeah. That's enough, Dad. We had two days of kings. <laughs> that's all you need right yep. there. Uh, uh, so appreciate the King theme, my man Patrick. Specs text line wide open for you. 512-337-3776. You can reach out to us via the Twitterverse. Harge is at Hardball Harge. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Um, all right. I do want to get to some of the other uh, divisional round games and preview those. But, of course, we're going to do a little Cowboys preview here as well. And then we'll get to some of the other games uh, and see how everybody's feeling. We'll make our official predictions tomorrow. But we made our Super Bowl predictions. So I guess they got to line up with our Super Bowl predictions. But... You can always, you retain the right to walk. That's right. Yeah, you know what? That's right. And I agree with you, Arch. I've always said this, and this is why I will, I will support your right to waffle, even though I try not to do it. Right. I've waffled before, uh, because with new information, you should always be able to change your damn mind. Exactly. You should always, if you're enlightened and you're educated on a topic, you should be able to go. You know what? <laughs> I was wrong about that. That's right. I, I changed my mind because I'm now educated. I'm more informed about the topic. So hopefully that's the case for everybody in all aspects of life. So, yes, if you would like to waffle, you can. I respect and support your right to waffle. Thank you. Because it's a man who's just operating with new intelligence, with new information. Yeah. Nope. That, that being said, he did flip a pick when you told him he wasn't allowed to waffle. He had to flip <laughs> his pick. Immediately, <laughs> no new information entered. That is true. As soon as we Appreciate said. Appreciate that. Thank we, you. And he can't waffle. He, get, he waffled. Yeah, it's all right. It's all good. I was like, I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But good. then I was like, wait a minute. We ain't got a chance to watch them play that yet. Is, that's a good point. That's what I'm saying. Like, yep. you watch Philadelphia, and then we watch uh, Kansas City, and like, man, they look real bad and rusty out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, you reserve the right to change your mind. I that's get right. that. No question about it. Appreciate All right. that. Uh, okay, so I've been doing some uh, research on the Cowboys, and I've been trying to figure out how the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. So what I did, I went and got a chance to watch Patrick's Las Vegas Raiders. Versus the 49ers, mm-hmm. and I went and watched that Kansas City game. Kansas City versus the 49ers because they scored 30 points on them Niners, and they did that just in the second half. I mean, they lit the 49ers up. So here's what I found, doing some research. Let's go to that Raiders game first because Jared Stidham. This is why the Raiders game is the best game to watch because it was a yep. quarterback who came into that game. Um, hell, I think that season – 
He Jared Stidham had only played a little mop-up action in that New Orleans game, and he was 8 of 13, 72 yards passing. But his two seasons with New England, he had a 46.4 passer rating, two touchdowns, four interceptions, nothing special. 50% completion percentage, nothing special at all. Uh, but in that game versus the 49ers, his first start of the season after benching Derek Carr, he goes 23 of 34, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 365 yards, and a 108 passer rating. Yes, sir. He lit them up. He lit them up. Now, like they, they, they they probably were sitting some guys because of injuries, stuff like that, uh, getting ready to get into the playoffs. I get that. So, you know, save that. Um, but I, I, I want to get into the, the specificity of what they were able to do uh, successfully against the 49ers. And the reason I think, and this is crazy because I, I think the number one thing I found just watching it, they threw the ball deep early and often. Mm-hmm. Now, Patrick might remember this game because he's a Raiders fan, so he probably remembers uh, watching it live at the time. They threw it deep. They threw it deep early and often. You're talking about a 60-yard reception by Devontae Adams, 24-yarder by Waller, 27-yarder by Adams, a 24-yarder uh, by Waller, a 20-yard reception. That was a that was actually a yak reception, so it wasn't a deep ball. A uh, 24-yard. These are all deep balls. A uh, 21-yarder, a uh, 45-yarder. Um, then they had a pass interference on a deep ball and an interception on a deep ball. So in all, I counted 11 deep passes they threw in that game. For Stidham, out of the 34, he had 11 deep passes. You're talking about damn near a third of his passes were 20-plus yard passes down the field. Now, one of those uh, ended up being uh, the pass interference call, so I kind of took that out of the equation. But remember, I'll take a, it. Yeah, exactly. That, if you, that's To me, that's a good that's play a for the offense. That's a great play. Um, so that's yeah. one positive for the offense. But essentially, uh, you have Jared Stidham going 6 of 10, so 60% completion percentage on those deep balls. Two touchdowns, one interception on deep passes, one pass interference called 245 yards passing on deep balls alone. 24 yards per attempt. So you want to throw it deep. Chicks dig the long ball. Well, Cowboys fans, y'all need to dig the long ball this weekend against the 49ers. I know it sounds crazy. I was going to say, that's a little, that's a little I know risque for the Dallas it, Cowboys it because that's risque. not their their type of play. I'm, I'm telling you, but it, it, it worked. And somebody else who did it too, Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City where he was complete the deep ball against 49ers. So I'm just telling you. No, I'm I like it. You, I'm just telling you what worked. I know it doesn't sound like, oh, man, that sounds like that would be very dangerous. I'm not saying it ain't dangerous, but <laughs> it is something you can do. They got they had basically eight explosive pass plays against the 49ers. Um, six of those were 20 yards or more through the air. I just pointed out the six of 10 on, uh, on deep passes. And also they did it on first down a lot. Out of the 11 deep passes, seven of them were on first down. We're talking about early down down pass rate. Um, You can still run the football successfully, just meaning you're not going to always run it on first down. So they were really deliberate about throwing the ball on first down and taking shots on first down. Um, Seven of of the 11 deep passes, like I said, came on first down, and six of your connected completions of deep passes down the field all came on first down uh, when the Raiders were playing the 49ers. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because I think both sides of the ball um, have to be effective on first down. For the Cowboys, being able to move the ball early, taking those shots like you said. But on the defensive side, they have to make it third and uh, second and long, third and long for Brock Purdy to get uncomfortable because of the fact that he's used to being in first, uh, second and five, second and two. 
you know, his the whole time that he's been at starting quarterback, they haven't been behind the chains much. That's the biggest challenge for him. If they can make him get behind the chains, that could be something to be looking for. But going back to what you were saying about the Dallas Cowboys and being able to stretch the field, there's not very often that they do that. I haven't. I don't. They had one big play, and T. Y. Hilton dropped the ball, mm-hmm. and that was against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had that opportunity, yeah. but they didn't. They didn't connect. Nope. So if you're going to take those chances, you have to hit on those deep balls. So I'm. I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad you pointed that out. But the biggest thing for me, still staying in rhythm, still being able to get the ball down the field. I'll take a 15 to 20 yard pass. But 25 to 30, I don't think that's where Dak's strengths are. Yeah. I would have to make them, you know, I, I would have to look at that long and hard for Dak to be able to connect on that. No, but I thought it'd be Jerry Stidham's strength, but it worked against the 49ers. Facts. Of those eight explosive pass plays, four of them were via play-action pass, which Hello. we know Dak Prescott has been much better, much more effective with mm-hmm. play-action pass than without. He is completing uh, 60 Three percent of his play action passes, uh, but only seven touchdowns, one reception, uh, one hundred two passer rating, uh, and an eighty seven passer rating without play action pass. So Jared Stidham was able to eat the Forty ers alive with play action pass, and they did it on early downs when the Forty ers expected them to run. That's why they got a lot of those chunk yardage plays because they got the Forty ers safeties and linebackers cheating up. So. Early down pass rate, throwing the ball on early downs, throwing it deep on early downs, using it play-action pass Mm -hmm. uh, on early downs to fool them. And something you'll also like, Harge, they used a ton of pre-snap motion. Yes. Uh, The eight explosive pass plays they had in that game versus the 49ers pass plays of 20-plus yards, six of them were plays that were aided by pre-snap motion on that play, uh, what my man Brian Harson used to call funk. Well, if that's the case, they got to make it stank. On this weekend, they got to make it stink when they play the 49ers. Man, lots of pre snap motion. It really does confuse the 49ers defense and a defense that's really, really aggressive like they are. They fast flow, they over pursue to the football. You can get a lot of leverage uh, with your pre snap motion. Uh, something else that, help, that helped them out. This is good for Dalton Schultz delayed releases. Uh, Waller was, man, Waller was unbelievable. He had five targets in that game. Three receptions for 72 yards. Every reception was a 20-plus yard reception for him in that game. And uh, two of them were delayed releases. Mm-hmm. We would block down and then release upfield. That could work a lot with Dalton Schultz, especially for a defense that's really aggressive. So once they read their keys, they over-pursue fast flow to the football to get all about those guys that are blocking. Dalton Schultz were off the same. Right. Delayed releases. So that's what, that's what I got from watching just that Raiders game for the Cowboys. One of the other things that I'm going to look at, and that's, that's some great scouting right there because those are some things that I hope that the Cowboys have looked at and, and going to implement in the game plan. Another thing that I was looking at is making sure that you're rolling out I like that. of the pocket. Move the Get pocket. yourself out of the pocket because if you sit back there and think you're going to drop back, Bosa's going to get there, Armstead's going to get there, Aminahue, who you brought up a little while ago. That's so important for the Cowboys because Dak has proven that once he gets out of the pocket, he's been throwing the ball well on the run, but it also gives him that run-pass option. If things aren't there early, he can get out of there and get some positive yardage. 
I'm the, that is the main thing for me. As we talked about before, when the Cowboys were in motion, they used play action, and Dak gets the ball out of his hands. Those were all great combinations, and that is what we saw last week against uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, we understand Tampa Bay's not the 49ers as far as that the quality of their defense, but they were a very affordable defense. Now Texas, I mean Texas, now the Cowboys are going up against the best defense in the league. The errors and and the room for error is minimal, Mm -hmm. and you have to make sure you take care of the football. On the other half, if you can get finally get Brock Purdy to turn over the football and make him uncomfortable, whether it's from blitzing, whether it's from pressure from the outside, whether it's, as Rob, my man, likes to say, breaking tendencies, this could be a big, big weekend for the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I mean, that's really going to set the tone for them. The Cowboys defense doesn't come to play. This game's over yeah. uh, from the jump. They got no shot. But I think that defense will have, I said matchup-wise, they do match up, uh, I think, pretty well with the 49ers, mm-hmm. as well as you can, considering what the 49ers are. Um, but I also think that the Cowboys, just based on their strengths, their strengths align with at least where you need to attack the uh, the 49ers. So we'll get to yeah. that a little bit more in Rod's round today. I want to talk about what I saw in the San Francisco Kansas City game, uh, where Patrick. This was the first game that Christian McCaffrey was added to the roster for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so you can keep that in mind too. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes just lit up that San Francisco defense, man. And once yep. again, the tight ends. If you're going to beat the 49ers, your tight end's got to have a big day. Just talked about how Waller had three receptions for a touchdown, 70-some yards, but every reception was over 20-plus yards. He had five targets in that game when the Raiders almost beat the 49ers in overtime at home. Uh, when the Chiefs beat the 49ers, Travis Kelsey, uh, six receptions, 98 yards. That was big. But they, This is all the chunk yardage plays that the 49ers defense gave up versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Jerick McKinnon had a 34-yard reception. Uh, Valdez Scantling had a 57-yard reception. Kelsey had a 27-yard reception. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster had a 45-yard reception. You're going to beat the 49ers. You need explosive plays in the passing game. Yes, you can dial them up with yak yards, but most of the time it's just going to be the deep ball downfield and being able to connect downfield on that deep pass with, against the 49ers DBs. And that was something that Kansas City figured out late in the game. Kansas City also, a lot of the same elements that the Raiders used to exploit the 49ers. A lot of pre-snap motion. Lot of play action pass and a lot of RPOs and something else. And this is actually, if you're a 49er fan, it's a little bit uh, bittersweet. Uh, Jared McKinnon, who used to be mm-hmm. a 49er, who was drafted by the 49ers to be a part of that positionless football uh, uh, blueprint for my man Shano. He is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a 34 yard reception against the 49ers, and he is now basically one of the key weapons. For yep. uh, for Patrick Mahomes in the passing game, they don't even really use him in the running game. I thought they'd use him. In, they don't even really use him in the running game. It's all about how they use him in the passing game. Um, I saw this little stat about Jeremy McKinnon, just kind of getting off topic for a second, but we're talking about the um, the divisional round, so I guess it still relates. He actually extended a historic streak in which he caught at least one touchdown in six straight games. No running back yep. since 1970 had ever done that before. Um, his nine touchdown receptions this season is tied for the most since 1970. So nope. he's playing his best football he's played. My point is that his skill set, you know whose skill set it reminds me of? Tony Pollard. 
Hello. The way that, the way that Kansas City uses him as a remember the web back that he was drafted to be Tony Pollard by mm-hmm. Jason Garrett. Don't say that fast. Say that <laughs> say very slow. slow. Um, but he's an explosive back that really does have a burst, and they use him in the passing game out of the backfield, motion him into the slot. He had a big game. He had three. He had three targets and two rushes versus the 49ers. He averaged twelve yards per touch. Tony Pollard, who's fresh right now, 25 total touches over the last month, 16 rushes, nine receptions in the last three games. Harge, that's the guy who got to build that offense around. He's so explosive. He actually can break away from 49ers defenders. He's a hybrid going up against a hybrid defense, so I think it matches up really well, too. And he's only played 50% of the snaps all season. This is the game where he should have career highs in touches and rushes. I couldn't agree with you more, and this is the time where you you start to use him as your Christian McCaffrey. You use him as Mm -hmm. your Debo Samuel. This is where Kellen Moore, this is it right here. This is where your game plan is going to be put to the test, Kellen Moore. You had a great game plan last week. We were singing your praises. I came in here and ate some humble pie. I ate some humble pie because my boy Rod told me I can't have it both ways. I'm not, wasn't a Burger King. I couldn't have it my way. Couldn't go at Dak and be mad at Dak, but love Kellen Moore. Couldn't do both. So I'm going out there this time, Kellen Moore, draw something up. Use your best athletic player in those situations. You can do the same with C.D. Lamb. You can put him in the slot, move him around, line him up in the backfield, get him in motion. You can be creative. Why not? Why not do that? We talk about the tight end position. I'm a big fan of Dalton Schultz. But my man Ferguson, I told you from the very beginning, he, Jake Ferguson was somebody that I truly believe mm-hmm. was going to be a big factor. He only had one catch last week, but it was a big play. It was a big catch. And if you put both of those guys on the field at the same time where you can confuse some people, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But to, this, to your point, be very creative this week. We know how good that San Francisco defense is, number one. One of the best that has been out there in a very long time. They fly to the football and they're healthy. Mm-hmm. But you got to be creative to nullify the Joy Nick Bosa coming up the field. I wanted to call him Joy. Uh, <laughs> Nick Bosa I wish coming it was up, Joey. <laughs> yeah, because he'll mess up exactly. And get yeah, get yeah. You wish, we wish it was Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very important for us to be very creative this week. You brought up Ceedee Lamb. Ceedee Lamb's going to be big, and one thing that's also a good matchup for the Cowboys. Ceedee Lamb leads the NFL in slot receiving yards uh, with eight hundred and twenty-six. Um, that's key because in this game, you want to get your best receivers matched up on their safeties if you can. That's why tight ends have big games versus the 49ers. Their safeties are really aggressive. So you can catch them with their eyes in the backfield. Uh, You can catch them uh, getting a little bit distracted, and that's what you do. That's why the play-action game plays a big role. So expect CeeDee Lamb in the slot with your play-action, with your pre-snap motion uh, to play a huge role, getting him matched up on the right defenders. All right, so. Are you number one, CD? Are you number one wide receiver? Hey. Let me CD rolling. Let's go. Let me CD rolling. (laughs) CD rolling. Hey, if you get CD rolling and you get big Dak energy, you got a shot. Because that's what you got last week. That was big Dak energy, man. We don't get that very often. Um, But if you get that along with C, what do you call them? CD, CD Rollins. CD Rollins. I like you that. CD Rollins. Maybe a couple of little T.Y. Hilton deep shots there. Yeah. There we go. I'm down with that. What's, what's Kellen Moore's nickname when he's calling a good game? 
Camo? What we call him? No, nah, we're going to just leave him over there. Oh, right come there. on. Not, I'm not going to give can him Kelly everything. Can Kelly Moore get a nickname when he's calling a good game? All right, let me get let me get you a nickname. He's got a lot of nicknames when he's calling a bad game. <laughs> I say I call I him know. lots of names when he's calling a bad game. Uh, those aren't nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> just my pet name that's not for what we call <laughs> that, Those aren't nicknames. I can't say them on the radio. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call those nicknames. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, we'll get to some more divisional round discussion. As a matter of fact, um, I'll talk about it in Rod's round today. Um, I want to talk about the two things that often end up winning uh, football games and winning the chess match rather within the game for coaches making adjustments and breaking tendency. We saw it in the wild card round. I'll talk about how that won some games for teams. I'll talk about how we can win this game coming up for the Cowboys versus the 49ers. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I'm one of four nine the horn. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, and you guys are doing a terrible job of coming up with Kellen Moore nicknames. I don't like it. Someone said Helen Kellen Moore, killing more softly. No, none of these work. These are, those are those are not. I mean, complimentary. I actually like all of those. Those are not complimentary <laughs> nicknames. That's like what Patrick was talking about. That's when you're mad at Kellen Moore for calling a bad game. <laughs> talking about Kellen Moore when he's calling a good game. That's what we want. When we have a, a nickname that we uh, can, can call him when he's uh, actually like like he was last week. That's right. Tampa Bay. He was uh, he was great. He was fantastic. First time I've heard my man Harge actually give him a compliment. So we're looking for a complimentary nickname for him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, getting back to it. Oh, and earlier I did mention, I think in my rant, that uh, Jarek McKinnon with the Kansas City Chiefs had been drafted by 49ers. He was, he was acquired by them in free agency, drafted by Minnesota. Just throwing it out there. Shout out to my man Raul Alegre, El Presidente, who El brought that to my, to my attention. Let's talk about what um, – teams can do, and I think it relates to the Cowboys, um, what teams can do to give themselves a competitive edge in the playoffs. You know, two things I really look at uh, in the chess match within the game are making the major adjustments that are made and how teams break tendency. There's so much in-depth film analysis that is done for these games uh, in the playoffs and postseason, because you have so much sample size, you got I mean, it's huge uh, sample size of seventeen games to kind of comb through the film, find tendencies, weaknesses, patterns, uh, strengths, all these different things. And when teams figure out what they think your tendencies are on certain downs, distances, situations, whatever the circumstance may be, then that's how they build their game plan based on whatever those tendencies are, your rates, your percentages of doing uh, of doing whatever that play may be or executing whatever that play may be in that specific situation. And that's why breaking tendency is really important because they're building their game plans based on those tendencies and you got to break them, but you got to figure out how to break them at the right time and then making adjustments to whatever the opposing game plan may be. And it takes me back to that Super Bowl between – um, the Patriots and the Rams. I remember that Super Bowl. I remember people talking about how terrible the Super Bowl was because only one touchdown scored in the entire game. And I remember coming on the air talking about how much I love the Super Bowl. It was fantastic. It's one of the greatest chess matches within the game of football that I'd ever watched. I hit every quarter of that <laughs> game. <laughs> Did you really? I, yeah, I had squares. I, had, I got pictures of it to prove it. Too. <laughs> Straight cash only. Straight cash only. Um, but it was a game about adjustments, and it was a game about breaking tendencies. So in that game— um, remember, one of the reasons that Sean McVay had his advantage on the rest of the league is because 
he would essentially, you know, use the coach quarterback communication system uh, to adjust uh, the calls based on whatever the defense was showing. And they would cut it off at 15 seconds. So he would, you know, force his uh, offensive guys to get to the line of scrimmage as quick as they could. All right. So that he could see the defense, talk to Jared Goff while Jared Goff was making his pre-snap diagnosis. And that way he can go, hey, Jerry Goff, that guy's the middle linebacker. Okay, you see that safety? That safety's definitely coming down. Look at him. Okay, you got to watch the blitz on the side. Okay, I'm cutting off. See you, guy. You know what I mean? And that was it. That was basically his, his secret sauce. And it was brilliant because nobody in the NFL was doing it at the time. They actually accused him of cheating. He's like, I'm not cheating. It's in the rules. Y'all just too dumb to try to, uh, to maximize it and figure out the loophole. And he figured out the loophole. And Bill Belichick, it took to the Super Bowl for Bill Belichick to say, all right, well, they have the 15-second communication cutoff. I'll just present a different defensive look prior to the 15 seconds. When they cut off, cut off the communication, we'll totally change our defensive formation. And our defensive coverage, everything will change. It's basically what they did. Every every play they sent in, a pre-snap shell disguise, 15 seconds cut off for the headset communication. They would change the look. Jared Goff discombobulated. That's why they didn't score any touchdowns. They also, the, uh, uh, the Patriots, they played more zone in that game um, than they had played throughout the entire playoffs. They were mostly a man coverage team, but breaking tendency. At the right time, they played mostly zone in that game. Totally threw off the Rams because they expected a lot of man. So they built in a lot, baked in a lot of man coverage beaters in their game plan. And here's the 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 best example of breaking tendency I may have ever seen in a Super Bowl game. Period. I'm not BSing about that. I'm 42, so it goes back beyond me. But in that game, the Patriots scored the only touchdown of the game on a 22 personnel package, two backs, two tight ends. They went empty formation. They went empty formation with 22 personnel. And basically, Wade Phillips admitted later on, he said, man, I, had never, I, had never, I hadn't seen that, so I really didn't know how to prepare for it. We did the best we could. And he was right. There were only 11 instances of teams using 22 personnel and going empty formation. All right? 11 instances of it happening the entire season. Every team, all 32 teams, all 16 games, it only happened 11 times. How the hell are you supposed to prepare for that as a defensive right. coordinator? You can't. The Patriots did it three times in the fourth quarter, 16.3 yards per play. Essentially, that won the Super Bowl. And turns out they put that package in the day before the game. The jumbo group. Mm. How about this? This, this comes from uh, Pro Football Talk. The Rams didn't expect that adjustment. Tight end Dwayne Allen told Peter King after the game that the Patriots didn't have it ready to go either. He said, it was a pretty amazing thing. Hats off to the Rams. They really knew us. They played us great. But football is about in-game adjustments. Josh told us on the sideline, we did not practice this at all coming to this game. And I realized that. But this is going off in my head. And it's something I think we need to do. They put it in as a a part of their walkthroughs. They didn't even really practice it. And they had to break it out in the game. Essentially, won the game. The, the talking about breaking tendency at the right time. It only happened eleven times the entire year. There was no way Wade Phillips and the Rams could have even prepared for. It. They couldn't have, unless you had done some serious rabbit holing. And those are the types of. It's a game of inches, right? Those are the kinds of decisions that are going to be able to win you games in the NFL. And right. we saw it last week in the wild card round. Uh, the, to take the Bills, right? Take the Bills beating the Dolphins 34-31. I mean, they barely pulled it out. And talk about the chess match within the game. I was looking at the um, 
the the Bills and the couple of the big plays they made in the game. How about this? They used 10 personnel, one back, zero tight ends. That's just four wide receivers on the field. They used it four snaps versus the Dolphins. They had used it seven total snaps the entire season. Hmm. The entire season. And two of those four snaps versus the Dolphins were explosive third down receptions <laughs> of 15 plus yards. They don't get those plays. They don't win the game. They don't get those third down 15 plus yard receptions on those four snaps. They don't win the game, guys. That would be a different conversation. Right? Yeah. That's coaching. That's it in a nutshell. You got to know exactly when to break that tendency. Those four snaps were crucial. If he'd have, if he'd have played those four snaps at 10 at the wrong time, oh, they've been SOL. Yeah. Been a huge upset we're talking about. But that's part of the coaching and the, the game within the game, if you will. Uh, the Jags. Oh, man, the Jags and the Chargers. You think about the Jags at one point were down 27 points to the Chargers. And how about this? The – it, the, the play that basically sealed the victory or essentially gave the Jacksonville Jaguars the victory was that T formation. Remember that T formation mm-hmm. was fourth and in inches, and they yep. decided to go with three backs in the backfield, and then they handed it off uh, to uh, ETN around the corner? Yeah, we saw it just a little while ago. Yep, they played it again. Yep. It is a great play. On that fourth inch, the Jaguars offense lined up with three players in the backfield. It was the sixth time in offense had lined up with three players in the backfield on fourth down all season long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Jaguars accounted for half of those attempts. Hmm. Breaking tendency. Nobody else in the league, dude. We got to do something nobody else has done, something they haven't seen because they're diving so deep into the film. They know all about us. They know everything we're doing. They know our underwear size. They know the women we date on social media. They know everything about this team. You got to break out your bag of tricks. Yeah. Right, you let you know. <laughs> you got to break. If you don't break, you got to dig into your bag of tricks. Hey, you you gonna be in trouble. And that's what they did. Uh, and, and and speaking of adjustments, Jacksonville. One of the things they did in that game, there was just a simple adjustment. They went uh, no huddle. They went no huddle and up tempo, and essentially it really did change the game. The Jacks ran three plays of no huddle in the first half, twelve in the second half. They had zero explosive plays of twenty plus yards in the first half when they only ran three plays of no huddle. In the second half, when they started running more no huddle, because they were down by 27, so you know necessity is the mother of invention. Um, they had four explosive plays in the second half. Three of those came in no huddle situations. Got to make the adjustment. You better break tendency, mm. or you're gonna lose that game. Same with them. We can go to the New York Giants. I mean, I mean these examples are everywhere. They're all around us. <laughs> <laughs> They're right there. Just the pay They're all around us. Pay attention. <laughs> Wink, Wink Martindale, who is known, he had, his reputation precedes him. He is known for being a guy that wants to play man coverage, aggressive man coverage. Nobody probably plays more zero coverage than Wink Martindale with the Giants. They love playing man coverage. Um, and they love to blitz a lot, too. When you blitz, usually you're playing man coverage. Or you're, playing, you're going with a zone blitz or a, a simulated pressure. 51% blitz rate by the Giants in Week Martindale in their first matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. You want to know how much they blitzed in their, in their playoff matchup versus the Vikings? 15%. Wow. Soft zone. And doubling Justin Jefferson a ton, Dory Jackson shadowing him. You got to change it up. Why? Change tendencies. You got to. Broke tendencies. You got to break tendencies, and you're going to have to make adjustments. Um, That's what I get on Sark all the time about, right? I need you to make make better adjustments, and I need you to break tendency. But not just break tendency, break it at the right time. Right, right. The timing of it is crucial, right? It was, you know, that Travis Etienne play on fourth and inches. Mm -hmm. That's when Doug Peterson said, all right, this is it. 
This is what I've been this working is, on, been this play. on this play. This is the play. That, yeah. This is the time to break tendency. When the Bills break out their ten personnel uh, for four times, and two of those on third down for twenty plus yard uh, receptions on third down, third and long. Got to know when you got to yeah. break that tendency. Now is the time to do it. The Patriots knew in that Super Bowl. Well, twenty two personnel going empty. Yeah, it's only happening eleven times all year long. Uh, you think it'll work? Well, hell, man, ain't nothing else worked. We might as well try it mm. and see if it works. It did. Won them a Super Bowl. Got to know when to break the tendency, and you better be making adjustments real time in game quickly. So this is all. This is a big game for Kellen Moore. I'm not uh, big game for Kellen Moore. Big game for Dan Quinn. Big game for Mike McCarthy. Big game, Cowboys. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not gonna say let's ride because that's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Don't want, don't want don't that wish, on us, yeah, man. You don't want to wish that you bad. Order your on danger you. witch for the party. Yeah, <laughs> no, more, no more of that stuff. I I'm agree. feeling dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I will say this: last week I saw that in Kellen Moore. You did. I saw. I've seen it in Dan Quinn all season long. Well, but I see. I saw it in Kellen Moore last week, man. Well, they got you some new names. They got you Kellen it. <laughs> Kellen, Kellen the felon. Kellen it. <laughs> Kellen offensive, offensive killer more. Killer more. Killer more. I Killer like that more. One. Killer more for less. <laughs> Killer more for less. Okay, this is much better. Yeah, much yeah. They better. stepped like their game up. Killer, Killer more. Up. I like this much better. Yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate that stuff. Well done. Kellen the felon. Kellen the felon. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? Thank you. I will write those down. <laughs> Hopefully, we are using one of those nicknames when we celebrate. Kellen Moore and the Cowboys next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get a little bit more off the record on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a king theme for a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Thanks to my man Patrick, the idealionaire. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Specs text line 512-337-3776. Always better with your participation. Oh, man, uh, Chance says uh, Kellen Killzone Moore. Uh, that's good for him. But this might be the winner, ladies and gentlemen. Might be the winner here. Ghostface Keller. It is. I like that. Yeah. I like that. He better be Ghostface when he comes out there. Ghostface Killer. Yeah. And and Patrick mentioned that if you're gonna stay with the nickname of the real Ghostface Killer, then you have to have yeah. the the U H. You got yeah. was it the A-H. A-H. A-H at the end? You gotta yeah, go with the A H at the end. There Killer. 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 Killer K. So yeah. Keller, yeah, you don't want the hard ER. We talked about No, 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 don't do yeah, that. You stay away from the hard That's ER dangerous. at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, really yeah. dangerous. So, yeah, you wanna go with Ghostface Killer. Yeah, kind of like that. that one out. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks to uh, thanks for the kind words, the compliments on the specs text line too about uh, the rabbit hole. I just went down in Roger around today. I appreciate those kind words. Talking about making adjustments and breaking tendency. Definitely, uh, the Cowboys gonna need to do both of those things to get a win over the 49ers coming up this weekend. Okay, guys, there's a that's uh, a sad story to talk about. Uh, we've been meaning to get to it for a while, but just hadn't uh, had the time because just so much stuff going on. Uh, but this story about Darius Miles, the Alabama basketball yeah. player, yeah, um, and it's, it's still details uh, coming out about it. So I don't want to get too far into the actual story and in, in, in terms of what happened because now you're talking about you know federal charges being brought up, serious charges being brought. Um, but investigators said they are um, that they now believe former Alabama basketball player um, my, Darius Miles um, that he provided a handgun. Um, that was used in a murder 
and provided mm-hmm. a handgun to another suspect who was accused by police of firing a gun and killing a young woman near the university's campus. This is according to court documents. Uh, and he's being charged with capital murder. Um, yep. So as a result of that, um, the uh, he's 21 and he is uh, he was a, a former member of the team. And he was actually a pretty good player, too, from what I hear. He wasn't a bad basketball player, but obviously that's not the discussion. That doesn't need to be a discussion right now. There are much uh, more serious things um, at stake here. Right. But I saw this story. Nate Oates, who is the uh, the head coach yep. for Alabama, mm-hmm. he said um, he spoke to Nate Oates told this uh, station, this uh, news station, that he spoke to Ray Lewis in wake of the Darius Miles arrest. Quote from him, his daughter went to Alabama a year and a half ago. He went through a similar situation in Atlanta. He played in the NFL. He told me what he thought guys needed to hear. Yeah. I thought that was a fake story when I saw it. Right. Real story. That's, that's, that. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Ooh. I don't know if I'm against it. I mean, I don't know if I'm for it because we still don't know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I don't know if I'm against it. I don't know if I'm for it. That's true. That's a fair point. Are you having OJ come in and talk next? (laughs) I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) I mean, he's still out there looking for him, huh? Looking for that white suit. Exactly. Where's that white suit at, Ray? Where's that white suit at? Who loses a white suit? Sugar Ray. Come on. Exactly. Nobody loses a white suit, Ray Lewis. Where's that white suit at? I'm trying to figure out where exactly that is as well. But, I mean, if you're going to have somebody come in and talk about some things, he seems to think he's a motivational speaker. Uh, you know, I always, yeah, I mean, he didn't talk to the team. I guess he went through it. I mean, no. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting take that is, nonetheless. Yeah. That it, it is, it is, I don't know if I'm against it, but I don't know if I'm for it. Right. I'm not really sure how I feel about exactly. it. I can't really hate on it because nope. he's trying to get some counsel in a situation that is unprecedented. He Correct. just wants somebody Correct. who, who do you know has been through a murder trial? Unfortunately, I know a couple of people, but that's beside the right. point. <laughs> exactly. Most people don't know people who have been through a murder trial. Exactly. Uh, that's not everyday walking life. And it, I don't think Mr. Oates, the football, I mean, the basketball coach, I'm, Pretty sure he ain't been around that situation. And, and, and before. you ain't supposed to, Good. right? And, right. Yeah. I mean, right. it just seems a weird thing to make. Hey, Ray. So we know you didn't do anything <laughs> wrong, Ray. Saying you didn't do anything wrong, but we're but, uh, we didn't. Believes. But you went through this, right? But Ray, you did not. Ray, I want to say so many times you did nothing wrong in the start of this phone call. <laughs> That's right. That's like, uh, yeah. Let me know what an innocent man accused of murder would do, Ray. Cause yeah, because you, because you, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it was just. I thought that was like I said. I thought it was a fake story. Turns out it was real. But you know what? Um, he, and Nato's just trying to get some. I mean, he's probably at this point just uh, starved for some type of counsel and advice because everybody he talks to about is probably like, honestly, man, I don't even know what to tell you. I've right. never had to deal with anything like this because they've never had to deal with anything like this. Uh, because you just don't get capital murder charges uh, against you know your former players. That doesn't happen every day, thank God. Just so, randomly popping up and wanting that to happen, yeah. It's a horrible story. It's a, definitely a bad one. Yeah. Haven't, I haven't read a ton of the details, but that is a really, really bad story. Um, all right, I was going to throw in something else, but nah, we don't need to follow that topic up with anything else. Uh, <laughs> let's get, let's get, get to the break, and we'll come back. We'll get to the NFL coaching carousel. We'll get to the Texans coaching search as well. Contract extensions, probably record-breaking. Probably it will be record-breaking contract extensions for uh, Joe Burrow and for Justin Jefferson. We'll talk about that a little bit on the other side. And Aaron Rodgers, 
He, Aaron Rodgers, what is wrong with this dude? Why is he still playing hard to get? They just signed him to a contract, and now he's talking about playing elsewhere or winning Come MVPs on, elsewhere. Yeah, that's the part that is yeah. that's the answer. He right likes there. drama. He's like TNT. He, he gotta, is definitely <laughs> TNT. We'll come back and talk about Aaron Rodgers, the latest drama having to deal with him as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not in the horn.